My name's Adam. I'm uh, with Connect Church in Tulsa. That's right. And uh, our class today is on quiet times that connect. And, and what's crazy about this, the, the whole premise of it is wild. That the creator of the universe, that the almighty God looks at me and looks at you and all of our mess and all of our mistakes and everything that we do and everything that we are. And he says, I want quiet time with you. I want individual one-on-one time with you of the billions and billions of people on this planet that you are a priority to him. And so I want to start with that. I want to start that, that even to a lukewarm church. In Revelation, he's talking to a church that, that he describes as lukewarm, as not your model citizens in the church. And even to them, he says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. And so when you think about quiet time, when you think about time with God, that's what he's talking about. He's like, I just want time with you. I want quality time that means something that that affects our lives, that, that binds our hearts together. That's what God's looking for. And if you're in here, I'm assuming that like me, you have struggled to have quiet time, quality time with God be a regular part of your life. That's absolutely a struggle for me and always has been. It's always been difficult to keep that going. And I will tell you from the start, so there's no disappointment, and if you need to leave, I understand, but I am not here to unlock the secret of making quiet time easy. right? There is no secret ingredient to, if I, if I just hear this lesson, if this guy talks to me in this way, then I, from here on out, I'll never struggle with it again. It'll be easy peasy. I'll just do it every day like it was never a struggle in my life. And that's not what I'm here to share. And I would say that the list of the most important things in my life and the list of the easiest things in my life are very different, right? The most important things in my life, the most important relationships in my life, the ones that I value the most are not the easiest. They're not the ones that, that I've poured the least into, that I've had to make the least effort with. The most important things in my life and the most important relationships in my life are the ones that I've poured the most into, that have required the most maintenance, the most effort, the most tears and difficulty and reconciliation and everything else. Right? We, we tried the easy way. All of us in this room tried to do the easy thing. We tried to do the thing that came natural, the thing we wanted to do, and our fruit stunk. That's why we're here, right? That's why we came to God humbly and said, this doesn't work. I tried doing the easy thing. I tried going and, and running to the things that made me feel good in the short term that I wanted to do, that I felt like doing, that came naturally to me, and my fruit stunk. It wasn't good. It wasn't anything that anyone else would want to model their lives after or, or, or imitate. See, every, every fruit, just like we talked about earlier, every fruit that can, contains the seeds to produce more fruit. That's what, that's what Carrie said last night, that every seed contains within it Every fruit contains within it the seeds to produce more fruit, but the fruit only reproduces when it dies. That we have to die to ourselves. There's going to take some dying on our part that has to happen in order for us to reproduce. And so quiet time with God, just like with anyone else, when you want to invest in a relationship with someone else, it takes some dying to yourself. If you come at it prideful and you come at it and you say, look, we're going to have this great relationship. We're going to do all the things I want to do. I'm not really going to listen to you, but I need you to listen to me all the time, right? And we're going to, I'm going to make this list of 10 things I want to do, and then you're going to make the list of 10 things you want to do. I'm going to throw your list away, and then we'll do all of mine, right? That is not going to build a quality relationship. It's going to take some dying to yourself, some give and take, and saying, hey, we're going to do some of the things you want to do, and you're going to join me on some of the things I want to do. That's what quiet time with God needs to look like. So we're going to look at today 
the purpose of quality time, the purpose of quiet time, and then how we get there. Why do we do quiet time? What's the point of it? Why do we need to make it such a priority? And then how do we end up getting there? And the purpose of quiet time is to, to make a connection. That's the point. We, our verse that we're going through um, in John talks about us being the vine, or Jesus being the vine and us being the branches. And that if we're not connected to Him, then we lose the source of life. That's the point of quiet time, is to build that connection to God, to keep us connected to our source of life and to open the way for us to be fruitful. And the first thing that it's meant to connect us with is with God. So that's what the, the point of quiet time is to connect us with God. And I think sometimes when we think about connecting with God, we want it to be this awesome mountaintop experience that, that I'm going to go in my room, I'm going to open up my Bible, and this light's going to shine down from heaven, and I'm going to feel emotionally fulfilled by this moment every day. And then when that doesn't happen, then it's super discouraging. right? And you hear speakers who go on and they go on these grand retreats and they go to literal mountaintops. Or they go out and they, they have this, you know, this week with Jesus and they pray and they fast and, and all these amazing things happen and their eyes are opened. But it doesn't happen that way every time. And in fact, it happens less that way than, it happens more the other way than not. The purpose is to, to connect us to God, but it's not to have an emotional high. It's to help us to be more like God, to, to see the world through His eyes. To, to view other people the way He sees them. To start acting more and more like God. It's, it's transformation, not an emotional high. That's what we're trying to connect with. In Psalm 119, 18-20, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in all of the Bible. And it's about connecting with God's Word and, and wanting to be more like Him. And in verses 18-20 through 20 it says, Open my eyes to see wonderful things in Your Word. I am but a pilgrim here on earth. How I need a map... And your commands are my chart and guide. I long for your instructions more than I can tell. You know, we want to be holy the way that God is holy. And holiness isn't just about avoiding sin, right? That's sometimes I think when we want to be holy, we're going to do these quiet times and I'm never going to mess up again. And I'll be a good little boy and then everything will be good. But holiness isn't just about avoiding bad things. It's holiness is the beauty and the character of God showing up in your life. That's what our quiet time should be producing, that I look more like God. That Not that I don't do wrong, but that when people around me, they're like, man, I feel that connection to God when I'm with you. I, I see things in your life that connect me and draw me closer to God because you're closer to God when you have those times. You can't just discipline yourself into holiness. right? You can't just try harder and make a list of ten things and become holy. It comes from being around God. It comes from abiding in God and being with Him all the time. And it takes time. It takes time to cultivate fruit. Your emotions are not a reliable judge of how effective your quiet time is. Right? How you feel about your quiet times, how you feel about your time with God is not a good gauge for how effective it is. Just like it's not in your regular relationships. Right? I've, got, um, I've been married now almost 17 years. Um, and, and there are times with, that I have with my wife Crystal that are magical. And we have amazing memories and there are other days, honestly, that are just blah, right? There's days where I sweep her off her feet, and there's a lot more days where I definitely don't, right? And vice versa, honestly, right? Like, there's, there's in any relationship, a lot of your days are just meh. They're just, they're just normal days. You just go through your days. Every day isn't this magical, amazing experience. 
And if that's what you need all the time, then you're going to be really unfulfilled in your relationships. If you've watched the movies and you're like, I need Ryan Gosling to come in, right? And sweep me off my feet, right? We're not him, I promise. (laughs) Like, sorry. He's not even him. He just plays that role, right? If you met him, you'd be horribly disappointed. I don't know the guy. I'm not trying to slander him. I just know he's a human and he's going to disappoint. Right? Not every day with anyone is going to be this breathtaking experience. And the same thing with God. I've had so many people I've talked to and been like, you know, I've been trying for like three days now and I'm just not feeling it. Right? It's just not there. I don't feel God's presence when I do this. And it's just not that way. Right? In, in any relationship that's unrealistic. So our emotions are not a good judge of how effective our quiet time is. Our community is not a good gauge of how good our quiet time is. Just because you are surrounded by people who are on fire for God does not mean that you have a personal connection with God. Right? Just because you're around, and I'm so thankful that we have awesome ministries that are excited about being close to God and and chasing after Him. But it is honestly, it's easy to be in that environment and then just assume you're going to be carried on with it. Right? I can't be around a lot of people that like my wife and trust that that's going to form a bond with her. Right? It doesn't work that way. We need a relationship one-on-one that I need to have that, that time with her. A connection that's built around other people's connection to God is not going to last. Right? It'll be really exciting for a while, but when the time of testing comes, it's going to fall apart because it wasn't yours. It was borrowed. And eventually, at some point, it's got to become our own. The reason that we have a marriage that's lasting is because we keep pursuing each other, no matter who we're around, no matter what support we do or don't have, and no matter how we feel about it on a given day. We keep chasing each other down. right? We keep pursuing that and building that, even if we don't feel like it, even if it doesn't feel like the most magical or exciting thing that day. And that's how quiet time needs to work. In John 15, 7-8, says, if you abide in me and my voice abides in you, anything you ask will come to pass for you. Your abundant growth and your faithfulness as my followers will bring glory to the Father. And I would say that's a low bar where he says anything you ask will come to pass. Jesus promises even more than that. He says we're going to do the spirit and I are going to do more in your life than you can ask or imagine. When we live in Christ, when we connect with Christ, there are going to, there's going to be fruit that comes out of that that's better than what you can ask for. That's better than what you hoped for. That's better than what you imagined. But it comes from having that intimate relationship with Christ. There's that familiarity with Him, with what He would do, with what He likes. Um, you know, We've got people in our ministry that are really close, and I think about um, a time the other day where um, Crystal was trapped at home with the kids and she couldn't do much. And so her friend Kelly came and she brought her coffee and she's like, I was going to bring you coffee from this far away place, but I know you really like particular coffee and sometimes you send it back. So I got it from this really close place so I could take it back if you didn't like it right. I'm like, that's intimacy, right? When you know someone's preference, when you come up and you're like, I'm going to do this specifically for you because I know you like it just this way. And there, when we spend time with God, we're going to come up to somebody and we're going to be like, man, I know exactly what God would do in this situation. Because I've been reading about it, because I've been praying about it. I know exactly how He would react. God, I know just how You would like me to act in this situation. And so I'm going to act like that when we abide in Christ. So the, the purpose is to connect us with God. 
That's the first purpose of, of quiet time, to, to have the kind of connection that's not dictated by others. It's not dictated by how we feel that day or how other people have treated us that day. It's about our one-on-one time with God to the point that we start changing and looking more like Him. And the second purpose of quiet time is to connect us with our purpose in this world. To connect us with why we're here. Think about, and this is for, open for discussion real quick, right? So, what is the most useless class you have taken at this point? In, in high school or college, what's, shout it out, what's the most useless class you've taken so far? Algebra, Algebra art. Gender studies. Gender studies. <laughs> All right. Hey, comic books are great. All right, so. All right, that's not a hard question to answer, right? All of us have in mind a class that we think, I will never use that again in my life, right? Think about that class, whatever that class is for you. And honestly, your answer might be someone else's. That was the best class I ever took, right? We all have things, but the the gauge is, I will never use that, right? I will never use biology in my life. I really don't think I will. And there's doctors in here that are like, I use it every day. How motivated were you when you were going through your gen eds, right? When you were going through the stuff where you're like, I have to take this because I can't take the class I need if I don't take this. And I know I have to, and I know it's good for me, and I know that it's going to get me where I need to go. How motivated were you really to give it your all in that class, right? How motivated were you to, to just pour yourself into, you know, art when you're going into the sciences or, or whatever, right? Or algebra when you're trying to be a photographer, right? It's, it's just not that exciting, It's hard to get motivated. We have spent too long treating our quiet time like a prereq, like like something we have to do in order to get to this other stuff. I want to get to the point where I'm I'm bearing fruit like these other people I look up to, so let me get through this quiet time because I know it's what I got to do so I can do this other stuff, right? I'm going to get through this quiet time, and then I can, once I do that, then they'll give me permission and they'll start teaching me how to study the Bible with somebody. Once I get through that, they'll give me permission to help you know, lead an event or, or do this thing that I really want to do. You know, so I'm going to get through that and get that done so I don't get called out for that, and then I can do the fun stuff. We've separated, a lot of times, quiet time from real life. And because we've done that, then it becomes we treat it like a prereq. We treat it like a, a class we're never going to use again. And we, we just get through it, and we get done because we know we're supposed to, and then we go on with our day. And, and when that happens, you really don't. You know, I, my first attempt at college, I flunked out because I, I just chose not to do any of those things. I'm like, I'm not going to use any of these, so I'm going to play basketball and hang out, and we'll see how it goes. And it doesn't go well, right? You don't get to where you need to be. We need to be wholehearted. It's hard to be wholehearted when your heart is divided. It's hard to be wholehearted after Christ when, you're, when, you're, when your time with Him is spent thinking about all the other things you'd rather do. Our quiet time with Him needs to be focused on applying it to everything else. It needs to be a, an, the beginning of our day with God. In Psalm 86, 11-13, Psalm 86, 11-13 says, Teach me Your way, Lord, that I may rely on Your faithfulness. It says, Give me an undivided heart. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear Your name. I will praise You, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever because great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. You know, our our purpose is to bear fruit. I think we made that really clear so far this weekend. I think God's made that really clear in His Word. Our purpose is to bear fruit, 
to have an impact on other people. A branch does not produce fruit for the branch to eat, right? It doesn't like produce a grape and then the, the branch is like nom nom nom, you know, and that's where it gets. The branch doesn't produce fruit for itself. The branch produces fruit for others to share. That's the purpose of a branch. For a branch, to give and to live are the same thing. If you don't have something to give, that's a sign that you're not really living. That's how branches work. That's how it's been described, right? Any branch that doesn't produce fruit, I cut off because it's drawing resources from the ones that are. For us, in our quiet time, our quiet time is to connect us with the source of life and to connect us with our purpose, which is to bear fruit. And they go together. It's to remind us that this is why we're here. If you are abiding in Christ and you're conforming to Him, then giving is going to be in your nature. You're gonna, it's going to extend throughout your day. When you have those quiet times with God, it's not going to be something that you do this so you can be a good Christian and then you go on with your day and figure out what else you need to do. It's going to be something that, that informs your day, that changes your day, that changes the way you interact. So how do we do that? How do we have quiet times that connect us with God and connect us with our purpose? See, in the, in the Christian life, there is no separation between the secular and the spiritual. There's no separation between what I do at work and what I do in my quiet time with God. There's no separation between my worship on Sunday morning and then what I do in my basketball league you know, after classes. Right? There's no separation there. And God, God doesn't clock out and be like, alright, it's time for you. You go do your thing, I'll meet up with you next week. Right? It's all supposed to be interwoven. It's all supposed to be connected. We need to spend our quiet time doing things that connect with the rest of our day. So let's talk about prayer. Right? Prayer. How do we have prayer that connects? Connects us with God and connects us with our purpose. We need to pray things that inform our day. Don't just pray in general. Sometimes, you know, I sit down to pray and I don't know what to pray about, right? I'm just sitting there and my mind is blank and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. Right? I don't have anything to say. I am awkward by nature. When I was, uh, you know, a lot of times when I was younger, I would give rides to people all the time because I was a single guy. I had a car, didn't mind driving around. And I was always afraid to give rides to people, not because I minded the drive, but because I don't... <laughs> I grew up in a family that didn't listen to the radio in the car. We just sat there, and if nobody had anything to say, we just sat there for the whole drive. And sometimes we have stuff to say, and sometimes we wouldn't. And I would drive people, and they would think, like, this guy's a serial killer. He's driving me to kill me. We're just sitting here. He's not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. Like, this, this is terrifying. Right? And, and I'd have friends in high school that are, like, twitching. Like, can we put something on? Like, I need ambient noise. Right? And so I, sometimes it's like that with with God. I just sit there and we're just sitting there. I'm like, I don't know what we're doing. So what helps me a lot is to think about my day. I think about what I'm going to be doing that day. Am I going to work? Am I going to classes? Right? Am I, am I going to go shopping? What, am, what, am I, what do I have planned for the day? And how am I going to include God in that? I'm going to pray specifically for what I'm... If I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to pray about my time at the gym. Right? If I'm going to see some people in a certain situation, then I'm, I'm going to make sure I pray about that. If I'm going to be at work or class, I'm going to pray specifically for that class. God, while I'm in class for this hour, I pray that I would have your heart. I pray that I would do the things and see the things and say the things that you want me to do. And so now it's not just a prayer and God make me more holy and, and I pray that I don't mess up and I pray that, you know, that all good things happen to all people. Right? It's No, this is something that connects with your day, that gets you thinking about how you're going to interact with your day. 
That's what Jesus prayed for, right? God, give me, my, give me each day my daily bread. Forgive me of my, my sins so that I can forgive others. Right? The, the energy He prayed for, the forgiveness He prayed for, was so that He could forgive others, so that He could bless others with what He did. In Matthew 9, 36-38, Jesus, who had been praying, says when he saw the crowd, it says when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. You know what the crowds look like when you haven't been praying? Annoyances and obstacles, right? Your coworker is being a jerk to you, right? The classmate who takes the seat in the back you wanted, so you got to sit up front, right? And you, anyone who gets in your way. It becomes an obstacle to you and a burden and an annoyance and this jerk who's got it all wrong and, and can't get anything right. But for Jesus, it wasn't that way. He saw people confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And He said to His disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask Him to send more workers into the fields. Pray for specific people in your life who haven't come to Christ yet. Make a list. right? Go down that list regularly. I've got people at work that I've prayed for for three years, and they just came to church for the first time last week or a couple weeks ago. Right? Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes committed time. But you know what? Because I've been praying for them all that time, every time I interact with them, I'm thinking about that. It's completely changed the way I interact with them. I'm not trying to just get something from my department to their department or to use their resources. Every time I meet with them, I'm thinking about asking about their family situation and what they're going through and how they're feeling that day, and trying to tell them about what I did this weekend. I always ask people, what did you do this weekend? Because then they feel obligated to ask me, what did I do this weekend? I'm like, I went to church, and it was awesome. I got to hang with my people, and, and we got to do this together. Right? I'm, but I'm thinking about those things because I prayed for them that morning. And I thought about them, and, and my mind was set to them. It realigned my thoughts. You know, Let them know when they come around. Let them know you've been praying for them. Right? It's kind of awkward. It's kind of weird to hear sometimes. My, my son has some friends that he was a friend that he was with in, I think, in first grade, and then they weren't together again until fourth grade. And this, his family started coming to church. I said, when we met you three years ago, we started praying for you. And I'm so glad you guys are here. And they were like, that's kind of weird, but it's okay, right? It's the no way home line. It's weird, but I'll allow it, right? Like, it's, it's people want to, who does that? Who invests that kind of time in people? And people can see it. They can see that you're thinking about them. They can see that they're a priority to you. And it, it takes your quiet time. It takes your prayer time. And instead of making it this thing I had to do for 15 minutes this morning before I could get on with my day, it becomes this thing that, that's alive, that's real, that's exciting. It's like, man, I prayed that and then it happened. I prayed that and then it gives God opportunities to answer your prayers. We need to be specific and we need to pray about the things that apply to our life and give God opportunity to breathe life into them and bring them to life. So that's how we have prayer that connects. How do we have Bible study that connects? See, study with the goal. We need to study with the goal of understanding how God was seeing the situation and why God did what He did and why other people did what they did and how that worked out for Him. But applying it to our life. right? Work your way through the Gospels or Acts or, or the letters or the whole Bible. We're, as a church, we're going through the whole Bible chrono chronologically together. And there will be times, and I get this, there will be times when you're going through you know, the, the genealogy of, of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, you know, and you're like, I don't see it. <laughs> you know, like I'm not sure how this applies today. I'm not sure how that interacts with my work day. 
But when you keep at it, then you're going to start finding these connections, connection points to your life. When you start thinking about it, not as I need to get this done, but when I really start thinking about why did God do that? Why did He have to do that? What were the people doing that caused God to have to react that way? In Psalm 1, 1-2, it says, Blessed is the person who delights in the teachings of the Lord and reflects on His teachings day and night. That we carry it with you. Like Dimitri said, take a small portion of it and, and memorize it and then repeat it to yourself all day. Right? Take one for the week and repeat it to yourself over and over again until you find a connection, until you find something that God is calling you to. And, and you'll be tempted, there'll be a point where you're tempted to, to like lie at work or lie about an assignment in class and you'll think, man, Abraham tried that and it went really bad. Right? Like, I remember that story. It was a train wreck. Like a generational mess from that one lie. I don't need that in my life. I'm going to do something different. Right? There's going to come a time where you're really busy and, and someone's going to ask you for something and you're going to be like, I really need to get somewhere else. I do not need this right now. And you're going to think about Jesus at the well and you're going to think, man, He had time. Right? He had time. Why don't I have time? Why am I too busy? Jesus is out here saving the entire world. Right? I'm just trying to get to Walmart before they close. Right? I have time. <laughs> if Jesus had time, His time is much more valuable than mine is. I've got time. But that only happens when you see how God interacts with His world and, and why He's doing the things that He's doing. But read it with the intent of putting it to work. Don't just read it to get through it. You'll be hurt by somebody that says something or, or does something to you. And you're going to be ready to attack. And you're going to think about, man, I've gotten a lot of grace Right? God talked about how much He's forgiven me and that I need to forgive others the way I, that He's forgiven me. Or that, that really, really rough verse that says, the measure you use is what will be measured out to you. Yikes. Right? Like I've, I've used some measurements and I'm like, I don't want that one. Right? Give me a different one. It makes you think twice. Right? When you're in His Word, when you're thinking about how you're going to apply it, read it to apply it. In 1 Kings 19.11-12, 1 Kings 19, 11-12. Sometimes God speaks to us in ways that, that aren't as obvious. It's not a shout. Elijah's with God and, and God is, is trying to show him something. And it says, Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in a fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And that's when he heard the Word of God. That's when he heard it. And the reason I bring that up is because there are times, there are not many times in our days that are actually quiet. Right? How many times in your day are you just sitting somewhere without music on, without a podcast on, without a show on, without a screen in front of you scrolling through? Right? How many times in your day are actually quiet? And I ask that to say, if God wanted to whisper to you, does He have the opportunity to do that? Is there any point in your day where He's got time to do that? Yeah. Right? But are we, right? Like, I'm not, I, I have to physically discipline myself. I have to stop myself from filling every moment of my life with, with noise, with activity, with something to do. There, I have to build times in my life where I don't have headphones on, where I don't have any screens in front of me, where it is visually and audibly quiet in my life. Sometimes it's my drive into work, right? My commute. And I just turn, turn all the noises off because I, I got influenced by everybody else. Now I listen to stuff all the time in the car, right? 
So I turn it off for a while. Sometimes it's, you know, in the shower. It's in it's sitting in my room for a while after work, right? And, and just decompressing for a minute. Does God have time to whisper to, for you to meditate on, on what's been, you know, you've, you've prayed intentionally for the day and you've made a game plan or you've, you've studied and you've looked for opportunities to see what God has. Do you take any time to reflect and see, did God answer that? Did I see the application for it? You know, I love, I'm a big history fan. A lot of you, that might have been your class you shouted out that was like the most useless one. I wanted to be a history teacher. That was my initial profession of choice. And I'll watch these like documentaries and like the Ken Byrne documentaries. Have you ever seen them? And I understand if you haven't. But they have these letters. He'll read these letters that people will write from the battlefield to their significant others or to their family. And they are the most eloquent, like amazing things. I'm like, these guys... Man, I would love to receive a letter like that. Like they just talk, they pour their hearts out. And the reason they're able to do it is because they didn't have anything else to do except think about that letter for like weeks at a time. Right? They thought about it and they, they, they spent time and I'm sure they drafted it and redrafted it in their head over and over again. They had time to think about it. They could put real feeling into it because there was undistracted time to think about it. And I think it's hard for us, again, not to have an undivided heart. It's hard for us to take time, allow quiet times in our day to meditate about what God has brought to us that day, to reflect back, to debrief, to say, how did I do with the people that I prayed for this week? And a lot of times for me, the answer that day is, I completely forgot about it. I came in, there were like eight fires to put out at work, and I completely forgot. And that's my reminder, do it different the next day. So it doesn't, I don't get in a rut, and I can keep trying to do it in a way that connects. Give God opportunities to whisper. So we need to pray in a way that connects. We need to have Bible study in a way that connects. And then finally, we need to share in a way that connects. And this is often the missing piece of our quiet time. This is the part that, that we leave off because we do the part by ourselves and then that's where it dies out. We need to follow up on the whispers and the ideas that come during your quiet time. And in Jeremiah 20, verse 9, it says, But if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak in His name. His words burn in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in. I can't do it. Right? There, are, there are things that, that will be revealed to us. There are times when we're praying with the intention of using it. We're studying with the intention of using it. Right? And something comes to your mind. Like, man, that person really looked down that day. And we got to decide, am I going to act on that? Or am I going to let that pass? Right? And when I let that pass, then it loses its power. I didn't share it. It didn't accomplish its purpose. God didn't just send that to you so you could be excited about how insightful you are. Right? Like God doesn't give you that stuff so that you can feel good about what you saw. He, he gives you that stuff so that you can put it to work. So let's share that together. I want you, let's raise hands one by one. Let's, let's talk about what are some ways that we can let our quiet times connect with the people around us and bless them. What are some specific things we can do to take the ideas that come out of our prayer time, the ideas that come out of our Bible study time, and, and bring them into this world and make them work. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Not do it alone, right? To bring other people into it, to make them a part of it. Jesus did that. Right? He said, pray with me. Right? Follow me. Look how I do this. So I think bringing other people in on it is awesome. Go ahead. And like what I was just going to say, the phone 
focus on God and tune in on like, um, the Bible and like the stories that you're reading. Yeah, turning off the distractions. It, it gets us out of ourselves and allows us to, to give that to others. Somebody over here. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. My daughter is really good at doing those, and she'll, she'll put me to shame on them. She's relentless. She's like, can I do my devotional time? I'm like, yeah, baby, you can do your devotional time. You don't have to ask for that. And she'll, like, chat with friends on it and stuff. It's awesome. It's been super encouraging for her. Go ahead. Yes, absolutely. Use a physical Bible, right? You can't flip over to, to Instagram right on your Bible, right? Like, if it's a physical Bible. I think that's huge. I'm going to talk about that in a minute a little more. Somebody over here, we got... We need something on this side of the room. What's a way that we can take stuff we've learned in our quiet time or seen in our quiet time and bring it out into the world? I think even like using social media to an advantage as well. Like posting your quiet times on there, posting what you read about, and like people will see that as different compared to what they're seeing on social media and they're scrolling. It's gonna be something that catches their eye instead yeah. of the usual stuff they see. Yeah, if your feed is a is an indicator of what's most important to you and what you most want people to know about, what's on that feed? Now, don't do that while you're in the middle of your quiet time because then you'll start doing other stuff. They were what? You know, like you're not, you need to keep it, finish what you're doing with God. But then, yeah, put it out there. Make sure that people know that's important to you. Um, introducing it, like in conversations with people that not, might not know about God. Yeah. Like in a way that maybe it's easier for them to digest the information that you're giving out. So. Yeah, and that can be scary and tricky to do, right? Like, hey, have you heard about this thing Jesus said, right? Like that doesn't always go over great at work. Um, or in, you know, when you're like some random person in your class, but um, there are ways to share it, right? There are ways to tell people and, and tell your friends that maybe don't have a relationship with Christ. Go ahead. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or even not in your group, right? Asking anybody. I've asked people that, that don't necessarily have a relationship with Christ if it's okay if I pray for them about something or if there's something I can be encouraging about. And there are people that will say they, they will staunchly say, I absolutely do not believe in God, but when they're going through a hard time, really appreciate your prayers. Right? Because you never know. <laughs> as well, right? Put a good in put a good word with the big man. You know, but they'll it, it makes an impact. People care that you follow up and then follow up with them later and say, Hey, I've been praying about that. How'd that go? Right? Or or how are you feeling? Somebody over here. When you're praying and you're, you're thinking about people and you've got your list, sometimes you'll think about um, you know, someone who could use a text or a call, right? Man, I haven't talked to them in forever, right? Or we've, I've been around them at church every week and we haven't had a real conversation in a long time. And you send them out a text, say, hey, can we grab some lunch sometime, right? Can we spend some time together? And that means the world. People do that for me and it means the world to me, right? Make an effort to, to intentionally deepen a relationship with someone you've been praying to reach. You know, find out what they like to do. Ask them what they do on the weekends. Ask them what they've been up to. And then when you find that out, go out and do it with them. Don't always make them do what you want to do. Right? That's what we talked about. That's what real relationship is. If you're praying for somebody, find out what they like to do. And whether you like it or not, go and do that thing with them. When you do that, when you pray for that person, and then you pray for a humble heart, and you study about how, how the disciples would, would die to themselves to reach others, and would do anything, Paul would do anything to reach somebody. Right? Even if it wasn't what came naturally to him or what was comfortable to him. And you pray about those things and then you put them into work and you go and you do something with somebody that maybe you wouldn't normally do and then it builds that relationship and then you see them surrender to Christ. Your quiet times will never be more alive 
then when you look back and you say, that happened because I started praying you know, six weeks ago for that person. And then God brought it to life. That prayer came out of my bedroom, came out of my quiet space, and came into this world and became real. And it connected with this world. It connected them to God. And it made something powerful. And that's, it's not hard to get motivated for quiet time after that. It's not hard to get excited for prayer time when you see it coming alive in your life. And that's where... If the sharing part doesn't happen, then the quiet time won't last. If it's not coming alive, we don't, we don't keep investing in things that don't produce life. Right? We don't keep producing, we don't keep investing in things that, that aren't showing something for it. It's got to come alive, but we've got to get out of the way and allow it to do that. Um, you know, I think about being generous with someone that, that you realize Je- Jesus would have been generous with. Those times when you're like, man, they could really use that. They ask for volunteers for something at church or, or someone you know, shouts out in a group chat, like, man, I really need this or, or whatever. And you're like, yeah, somebody else will handle that. Right? You just don't see Jesus saying that. I don't, I don't, there's no verse. You can go through all the Gospels and double check this, but I'm pretty sure there's not a verse where somebody's like, I've got this need. And Jesus is like, no, nah, I'm good. Right? Like if it's a deep need, if it's a need to connect with God, Jesus has time for it. But your quiet time becomes powerful when you share it with others, when you live out your prayers, that's what it means to pray without ceasing. To pray something and then live it out for the rest of your day. That's praying without ceasing. It doesn't mean you lock yourself in the room and pray for 24 hours. It means that your prayer is an extension of your life. It leaves the room and follows you throughout the day. We see that pattern in Jesus' life. You know, He got away for a time, but it was always with the goal of going back into the world and then sharing it with others. So, wrap it up. A few practical um, steps that I'd, I'd encourage. These are from me, um, but I think they've got some, some biblical backing too. Um, number one, morning is the best. Right? Not everybody likes to hear that. I don't like hearing that. I would love my normal time to go to sleep like 1 or 2 in the morning. If I left to myself, that's when I'd go to bed all the time. That's when I want my quiet time to happen. I want, that's, that's when I want to get her. I've done everything else I want to do for the day. Now we'll, we'll settle down and do that. What happens 95% of the time when I try to do that is I pass out, right? I go to sleep, something else comes up, it's my last chance to do something else, i got to finish you know, a work project or an assignment or whatever, and it just goes away. Uh, but there was a line in a book I read that I love, he said, don't tune up the instruments after the concert's over, that's stupid, right? That's a direct quote. Don't tune the instruments after the concert, don't play and it sounds like a mess, and then afterwards you're like, hey, let me make sure this sounds good. Right? And that's how our prayer, our prayer is tuning our hearts. It's tuning our lives for the day. Don't go through your whole day and then at the end of it, review and look at all the ways you messed up that day. Right? You don't want your Bible study time to be like, oh man, all that was different than what I did today. Hope I do it different tomorrow. Right? Let's, let's read ahead of time. Let's spend our time in the morning and then let that inform the rest of our day. Let that tune our hearts to sing God's praise and to do everything He wants us to do that day. So morning is best. Number two, plan for it, right? It's got to be, a, if it's a priority, we plan for it. If we really want to go do a concert or something, we ask off work, right? If you really want to, if something's really important for you to do in the morning, you make sure you go to bed on time or you set seven alarms or whatever it is, you make sure you don't miss it, right? Make sure you're, you're planning around that. A lot of times we make decisions that lead to other decisions and we're like, what could I do? It just happened, right? What can I do? I, I put off the assignment for three months and then I pulled an all-nighter and and I couldn't wake up in the morning. What, you know, that's just my lot in life. That's how, how it rolled out. 
right? No, like I made a bunch of choices. I made months of choices to get to this point where I couldn't have this time with God. So plan for it. Make it a priority. Schedule it in your calendars. Don't do it while you're still in the bed, right? The snooze button is not your friend. Get out of the bed, right? Because I've had plenty of times where I pick something up right after I woke up and then I pass out and I wake up like an hour later. I'm like, I got to get to work, right? It's too late. Don't watch the clock. Don't tell yourself, I'm going to pray for 15 minutes today because you will be distracted the whole time and you'll look up and it's been like 45 seconds. And you're like, that's impossible, right? Like I can't pray. <laughs> that's, that's too long. Set a goal that's, that's a, getting, get through a list of people that you want to pray for. Get through a, a couple of topics that you want to pray for and spend your time. Make it quality. Don't worry about how long it is at first. Just spend time going through a certain amount of things or, or going through a, you know, praying really thoroughly for a certain number of people and don't stress about how long it takes or go through, you know, a, a certain passage of scripture and just say, I'm not going to stop until I get through today's reading and then yesterday's because I kind of forgot yesterday, right? Like it. We'll just get through it. And however long that takes, that takes. And I've got the time and I'm going to make the time. So don't watch the clock. It stresses you out and it makes you feel like a failure. Right? It's, it's more fun to just get a goal, finish the goal, and then let God do with it what He's going to do. And then finally, keep it simple. Right? You don't have to like, scroll on Amazon for six hours to find the perfect Bible daily planner. Right? You don't need to... All the things we do to distract, then we get discouraged, we can't find the planner. You're like, I guess I can't study the Word. You know, right? Like I have a Bible and I have a really simple notebook, like just a Sam's Club flip notebook. And I have a Spotify playlist with praise songs that we sing at church. Right? Those are my tools for my quiet time. And I've got other stuff I can use, but if I've got that, I'll be okay. Right? And there may be other times I dive into other tools and do other things, but, it, but start simple. Right? You need a Bible, you need a notebook, and, and for your praise time, I'd really encourage you to have a playlist loaded up where you can play it and, and to sing in the car or sing praise and have something to share, a heart that's ready to share with the people when you get to work or class. But keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate. Don't set up roadblocks for yourself before you even get started. So do it in the morning. Plan ahead for it. Don't watch the clock. And keep it simple. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Right? If you mess up, that's okay. When Crystal and I have a rough week, we don't, we don't just say, well, 16 years was good. You know, we'll try, try again with somebody else. Right? It doesn't work that way. Right? If you have a rough week, don't just be like, well, there's quiet time. Guess I'm not cut out for it. Right? It's okay if you're reading a daily Bible and you're a week behind. It's okay. Catch up a little bit at a time. If you're six months behind, may not work out. Just pick up where you start. You know, pick up from today and keep it going. Right? You make the best of it. You apologize. You pick it back up and you keep going fresh. You have, and this is important to understand, you have powerful forces that are trying to keep you away from time with God. It is the reason why you can have an absolutely awesome time with God where He answers this amazing prayer and you're like, I will never struggle to pray again and then you don't do it again for a week. That makes no sense, right? That makes no sense that that's possible. And the reason that happens is because there are powerful forces actively trying to keep you from doing this. Satan does not want you connected with God because if you are connected with life, he can't separate you. Because what God has put together, no man can separate and neither can Satan. Right? The, the currents of this world, the normal life of this world is trying to rip you away from, from this time with God. There's just constant distraction. This whole world is set up to distract you from 
the things that God has for you. To have quiet. There's a reason it's hard to have quiet. And you're going to try to have this quiet time and there's going to be a fight in the apartment next to you. Right? You're like, I don't know if I've got to call the police or something. I'm just trying to focus. Right? And you've got to go and sit in your car for a minute just to get away from all the mess. Right? Fight through it. There are forces that are fighting against you. And if it gets hard, then know that that's the enemy. And we've got to power through and give God a chance and not grow weary of doing good. At the end of the day, we are branches. And the only way to stay alive and to thrive is to stay connected to God. To spend time with Him that's not just prerequisites, that's not just stuff we get through so we can get to the other stuff, but time that connects. Time that connects with God, time that connects us to our purpose, and time that connects us to our day every day as we go along. Let's pray. Father in Heaven, I I confess that I've had a lot of times where I've treated time with You as something, a chore to get through, a a check on my list that needs to happen so I can get to all the other stuff that I need to do in my day. And I I confess that and say um, that that's not a reason to give up. Father, I'm going to continue to chase after You like I pursue all the people that are the most important to me in my life. And Father, You're at the top of that list. And so I pray that each person in this room would would learn and, and take the time to cultivate the skills to, to pray for the people around them, to bring their quiet time to life um, in their day, and, and allow themselves to see the beautiful things that you've got in store. Father, you spend so much time and effort moving people into places and times so they can meet up with us at just the right time so that we can say the thing that comes from your heart and you've been screaming it through your word for so long, and all it takes is for us to open our hearts to it and have it ready to share and then to pray for the heart that's willing to do it. So Father, I pray that from this would come hearts that are surrendered to You, hearts that are excited to to conform to Your heart and to see the world the way that You see it, and to love with the awesome passion that You love. Um, We surrender all this to You. We know all the power comes from You, and all we have to do is stay connected to You. In Jesus' name, amen.